is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Mitt Romney says he sees no evidence to support the impeachment, even an impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden. Jamie Raskin, a Marxist rat fink that was involved in both impeachments of Donald Trump, that was involved in objecting to Donald Trump's election and the electors in 2016 on the floor of the House, who has promoted the, the outrageous argument that the 14th Amendment in Section 3 prevents Donald Trump from being on state ballots. Every state court now has rejected that. And hates the men who wrote the Constitution. His father was a Marxist and a Sovietologist, if you will. And Raskin's no different. And yet he's on TV all the time. But Romney is remarkable for his stupidity and his arrogance dressed up as self-righteousness. Let me educate the senator who took an oath to uphold the Constitution about the president who took an oath to uphold the Constitution is failing to do so. Let's start here. Article 2, Section 3. You haven't heard any of this today, I bet. Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution of the United States. He, meaning the President, shall from time to time give to Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. He may, on extraordinary occasions, convene both houses or either of them. And in case of disagreement between them with respect to the time of adjournment, he may adjourn them to such time as he shall think proper. He shall receive ambassadors and other public ministers. Here's the key. He shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed and shall commission all the officers of the United States. This is called the take care clause. 
The Constitution provides that the president shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. This duty potentially implicates at least five categories of executive power. Including number one, powers the Constitution confers directly upon the president by the opening and succeeding clauses of Article 2. Powers that congressional acts, number two, directly confer upon the president. Number three, powers that congressional acts confer upon heads of departments and other executive agencies of the federal government. Number four, power that stems implicitly from the duty to enforce the criminal statutes of the United States. Number five, power to carry out the so-called ministerial duties regarding which an executive officer can exercise limited discretion in the occasion or manner of their discharge. Now, he shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. There's another part of the Constitution where the president has a specific oath of office. Somewhat different than everybody else in the federal government. Somewhat different than judges and senators and congressmen. He shall faithfully execute the laws of the United States. It's not an option. It's not a choice. It's not a thought process. He shall. He shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. He shall take care that the laws are enforced, that they are executed. Mitt Romney says he has seen nothing that suggests Joe Biden has committed an impeachable offense. So you have those two sections of the Constitution. They're explicit. Not may, he shall, he must. Even laws he disagrees with. There's been plenty of Supreme Court precedent that is litigation on this issue. It means what it says. Then we go to the impeachment clause. And the impeachment clause is complicated for your average legal analyst on CNN and MSNBC and elsewhere, but it's not complicated. The bottom line on the impeachment clause is this. A president shall not commit acts or fail to act in the society, when the country is in trouble or create circumstances intentionally creating such an environment in the country. When a president of the United States refuses to actually visit, acknowledge, correct policies that clearly, specifically, intentionally, and directly violate federal laws that he is required to uphold. I don't mean just challenge them in court. I mean, once the dust settles, refuses to enforce them, that is a high crime under our Constitution. That is what's meant by a high crime. He is committing acts, illegal acts, unconstitutional acts against the country. 
We don't need to look at bank accounts to figure that out, America. We don't need to look at wires. We don't need to look at foreign governments. We don't need to look at anything except his conduct. We don't need depositions. We don't need notes. We don't need texts. We don't need phone records. We don't need subpoenas. Joe Biden is unilaterally violating separation of powers, violating his oath of office, violating the take care clause of the United States Constitution as he directs his regime to keep the border open, to defy existing federal immigration law, to allow millions of people to pour into the country who are unvetted, thereby threatening the safety and security of our society. Encouraging foreigners to come into our country and overrun our towns and our cities. To overrun law enforcement and our hospitals. It is a high crime. Joe Biden's conduct and the conduct of his subordinates in violating not one, but a score of federal immigration laws. Undermining the ability of the Border Patrol. Undermining the ability of administrative law judges. Undermining the ability of customs. Of federal law enforcement, of state law enforcement, of local law enforcement. To protect their communities, to protect the country. From millions and millions of illegal aliens coming into the country. Potentially terrorists and criminals, undoubtedly. Policies that are encouraging drug cartels, kidnappers, to rape women, to rape children, to sell them into sex slavery. Pouring billions of dollars into the coffers of the drug cartels south of the border. With sales of fentanyl and other deadly drugs in our country to our kids, to our grandkids. Resulting in the death of tens of thousands. Trampling private property rights for ranchers and others on the border. Destroying their communities. Because there's nowhere to put them. There's so many of them. This is a high crime. This is a high crime. It is a violation of the United States Constitution in at least two respects. And it is unleashing economic, societal, cultural, and criminal mayhem in our country. And Biden knows it. He should be impeached. He should be removed. What is it that Mitt Romney doesn't see? That Mitt Romney says there is no basis for even an impeachment inquiry. That Mitt Romney is the favorite host among other reprobate Republicans. 
in the fifth column in this country. On the most dastardly, dishonest propaganda platforms in America, especially on their Sunday shows, where he seeks to undermine not just this party, not just the country, but the people who have suffered horrendously from an open border. The people who've been raped and sold into sex slavery, the children who go missing. The Americans who are dying from criminals, fentanyl and other drugs. Mitt Romney doesn't see it. He doesn't see a high crime. He's an ignoramus at a minimum. Jamie Raskin, an American-hating Marxist, who year after year leads coup efforts, and did during the presidency of Donald Trump while he's claiming that Donald Trump is the dictator. Raskin, who hates our country, hates our constitution, hates capitalism, is now in talks with some Republicans to try and convince all they need are two or three to vote against an impeachment inquiry. Because Raskin doesn't give a damn what's happening on the border or to our country. He hates it. He hates our economic system. He hates our history. He's a chip off his old daddy's Marxist block. You can Google all this information. High crime. The reason CNN isn't on the border day in and day out. The reason MSNBC is not on the border day in and day out. The reason the New York Times spends more time trying to knock off Benjamin Netanyahu than to protect and secure our southern border. Same with the Washington Post and the rest of the media. is because they support this. They hate America too. If they love America, they have a funny way of showing it. They have bent over backwards to try and land Donald Trump in prison. With phony charges on January 6th, phony document charges that have never been used against a president. Espionage Act has never been used against a president, a vice president, a former attorney general, any cabinet secretary that I'm aware of. It's a throwback to 1917 and Woodrow Wilson. Doesn't matter. They dusted off a Klan act to go after Trump. Here we have it straight, forward, black and white. What's taking place on our border? Who's responsible? The Supreme Court said not long ago in a case that involved Arizona, the former governor there, a case that was again ruled wrongly, that the president has plenary power to make decisions about what goes on. But, of course, that doesn't mean he has plenary power to defy, undermine, and violate specific statutory language and the intention of those statutes. Joe Biden has blood on his hands. In the Middle East with Israelis. And in the United States with even more civilian deaths. Says he's a two-state solution for Israel, which will be the final solution. Well, I have a solution for what's going on on the border. Impeach Joe Biden. Now.
Any Republican who opposes it must be defeated. Period. This is not some extreme or radical position. This is exactly why the impeachment clause is there, and this is exactly why the high crime language is in the impeachment clause. This is exactly what they meant by a high crime. I'm sure my education in Mitt Romney has fallen on deaf ears because he's an idiot. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the digital dollar report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Joe Biden pretends that he's a righteous man. He's a moral man. He won't secure our border. The level of inhumanity, devastation, rape, murder from drugs and else and other ways of killing people. We've never seen like this on the southern border, ever. We go through the numbers of the millions of people coming across the border. That's crucially important. But what about... What's going on on the southern border? And I want to really focus in on this in a big way, in a huge way. So stick with me. I'll be right back. Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the digital dollar report today. By texting LEVIN to 68592, that's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Making sure the land of the free and the home of the brave stays that way. Dial Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. Let me show you how bereft of any 
moral substance. Joe Biden, Anthony Blinken, the entire cast and crew at CNN and MSNBC, at Dan Abrams' Democrat Mediaite, at Soros' Democrat Media Matters. Let me show you how they lacked all humanity. You see the southern border? I'm going to read something to you, and I'm going to pull it all together for you. This is CNN. Rifts between Biden and Netanyahu spill into public view. They've been trying to destroy Netanyahu for over a decade, trying to undo his government, spent money, our money, to try and undo the government. They have a propagandist, a drumbeat, and Tom Friedman and others at the New York Slimes. CNN, MSNBC, Joe Scarborough, illiterate, very dumb Joe Scarborough, the, the grown up from a little boy on, on the bridge in Deliverance, the banjo player, that's Joe Scarborough. Rifts between the United States and Israel spilled into public view Tuesday as President Joe Biden warned that Israel was losing international support for its campaign against Hamas. And Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu publicly rejected American plans for post-war Gaza. By the way, the latest poll shows Americans strongly support Israel. Democrats less so, but they still do. Republicans very strongly. So this is the two faces of Joe Biden. Says one thing publicly, now he says this. The divides, which until now had mostly been contained behind the scenes. Well, how did they go public? Because Joe Biden leaks. Blink and leaks. They control the media, reflecting growing differences between the two staunch allies as the civilian death toll in Gaza mounts. Speaking to Democrat donors in Washington, Biden voiced criticism of Israel's hardline government and said Netanyahu needed to alter his approach. Quote, I think he has to change. And with this government, this government in Israel is making it very difficult for him to move calling Netanyahu's government the most conservative government in Israel's history. Menachem Begin had a very, very conservative government, too. But so what? I warned you about this, folks. They hate these religious parties. They hate the Orthodox Jews. These secularists that Biden and his oak support represent about 25, at tops 30% of the population of Israel. That's who they want in charge. Because they'll sell out their country the way the left sells out our country. He warned support for the country's military campaign is waning amid heavy bombardment of Gaza. Heavy bombardment of Gaza. There's tens of thousands of Israeli infantry in Gaza. You think they're just going to bombs away when they have their own soldiers on the ground? This is CNN. This is the Communist News Network. He warned support for the country's military campaign is waning. I'm on heavy bombardment. You know what's funny? The Israelis are winning. Terrorists are surrendering. And the closer and closer they get to an all-out victory, the more and more pressure there is going to be for Israel to stop. In the name of the citizens, of course. And yet Joe Biden is funding Iran. Joe Biden is funding Hamas through UNRWA. Joe Biden is fine funding the PLO directly. Joe Biden is funding terrorism. Billions for hostages. 
But it's the Israelis, you see. Biden said right now Israel has most of the world supporting it. No, that's not true. Look at the U.N. Most of the world doesn't support it. But said they're starting to lose that support by the indiscriminate bombing that takes place, quote unquote. That is a disgusting lie from this bastard. Indiscriminate bombing? And this was all done at a fundraiser. Now let's see where CNN takes this. Before the war broke out, following Hamas's terror attacks on October 7, Biden had been open in his criticism of Netanyahu's governing coalition. Ladies and gentlemen, think about this. Israel is a sovereign nation. It's a democracy. It has a parliamentary system. It's called the Knesset. You have to negotiate. There's more give and take on how you create a coalition government, certainly than our country. It's almost like Italy. And so they're very angry that Netanyahu and Likud dares to bring in these right-wingers. Oh, my God. No, they're people of faith into their government. There's nothing radical about them. What's radical is the Biden regime. The Democrats in Congress, our media, they're the radicals. So he's been pounding and pounding and pounding on Netanyahu from day one. With cover from the New York Slimes and Friedman. With cover from self-hating Israelis like Echelblach. With millions in dark money pouring in, including from Soros front groups. Isn't it amazing? We're supposed to oppose colonialism and imperialism, remember? And yet Joe Biden treats the only Jewish country in the entire world. Like an old-time imperialist and colonialist. He gets to decide what the government's going to look like. He'll put pressure. He'll exercise threats and pressure to oust the duly elected government of Israel. And he runs around talking about Trump as the dictator. He runs around talking about how he promotes democracy. No, he doesn't. Not in the least. Three cheers to Netanyahu in order is attempting to protect his country from the United States and the terrorists. From the United States and the terrorists. Now. Netanyahu is more like Abraham Lincoln. Oh, come on, Mark. What do you mean? Let me repeat it. For the hard of hearing radical left wing Democrat Marxists and their media. Netanyahu is more like Abraham Lincoln. We had a civil war. And one of the main purposes of that war, if not the main purpose, according to Lincoln, was not just to keep the Union together, but to destroy slavery as an institution. That was a point Frederick Douglass would make. That Lincoln prioritized abolitionism he didn't believe it at first but he came around to believing that Lincoln was the man and he was the man throughout that war there were individuals in both parties 
telling Lincoln to accept a two-state solution, if you will. If you think the casualties in Gaza are bad, even on a per capita basis, the Civil War was horrendous. The civilian casualties. The destruction of entire cities, particularly in the South, almost blown off the face of the earth. Atlanta burned to the ground. Vicksburg almost blown off the face of the earth. And they weren't alone. Richmond was burned. It was an unbelievable war. America never suffered so many casualties. You want to talk about per capita? We had 24, 25 million people in this country. Over 700,000 casualties by the latest figures. Think about that. Lincoln said no. I'm not going to accept two countries, one free and one slave. I am not going to accept that. It was early summer in that election year, 1864. It looked like Lincoln might lose. The casualties were so bad. When would this damn war end? Four years in. Every corner of the nation affected. Northerners were getting tired of the war. Conscripts, whose terms were running out, didn't want to re-up. It was a hellish war. Go look them up. Battle after battle after battle. The casualties. 10,000, 20,000, 39,000 per battle. Sometimes over several acres of land. Bull Run 1, Bull Run 2. Outside of Washington, D.C. Thousands and thousands of men died. Thousands more Severely wounded over the same exact battlefield. Gettysburg. Everywhere you stepped on that battlefield, you stepped on either a human body or a horse dead. Vicksburg, the siege of Vicksburg, surrounded one side the Mississippi River, the other side the hillsides. Pummeled, pummeled, pummeled. Because Grant wanted to end the war and he knew this was the second biggest supply chain city in the Confederacy and he needed to destroy it. But it wasn't enough. Looked like Lincoln might lose the election. Grant knew it. Sherman, Grant's right-hand man, he knew it. Grant wanted to end the war, and he didn't end the war by ceasefires, by human pauses, by the delivery of fuel or food to fellow Americans. He said no. We have to end this, 
And we cannot end it by feeding the enemy, by feeding their citizens. We end it by ending it, whatever it takes, or this will go on. Long story short, he sends Sherman to cut through Georgia, another key supply line, Atlanta, and to cut off part of the Confederacy from the rest of the Confederacy. And to drive through Georgia from the north all the way to the sea. And Grant felt this would give them the victory they would eventually need. The final major metropolitan area providing food and supplies to the Confederacy. Sherman cut through Georgia. He was extraordinary, extraordinarily brutal. They took all the food. They took all the cattle for meat. They took all the horses they need. Out of Georgia. And certainly from around Atlanta. And it was on the time they were leaving Atlanta at the very end. The Union soldiers, really without even Sherman's order, began to burn down the city. They were so disgusted with how long the war had gone on and the brutality of it. And Atlanta was burned down to the ground. And that wasn't the end of it. They tore through the rest of of Georgia to the sea. It was a monumentally important victory that truly began the end of the Civil War and resulted in the re-election of Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln was not going to tolerate slavery. Benjamin Netanyahu does not want to tolerate Hamas and terrorism. Not anymore. And he's under pressure to support a two-state solution. Not with his own people, with terrorists. Hamas has announced they don't want two states, they want a caliphate. Iran announced yesterday, caliphate. They're behind a caliphate. Biden and Blinken are, hey, two-state solution. Lincoln fought slavery. Netanyahu is fighting terrorism. Terrorism. There's no negotiating with terrorists. They have to be defeated. And so the enemies of Israel in our country, including in this administration, in the American media, in the Democrat Party, and elsewhere in the world, they pretend that Israel is purposely killing civilians. They pretend that Israel is bombing Gaza like Dresden. They pretend these things to try and force Israel to buckle, to try and force out Netanyahu, a duly elected prime minister. But I don't think it's going to work. He's Lincoln. He's not Biden. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the digital dollar report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Our newspapers during the Civil War, they were reporting day in and day out on civilian casualties, and these were American civilian casualties. How many people died on our border today? Jake Tapper. How many people died on our border today? Philip Bump. Jeremy. Maggie. How come you don't keep track? How many people died on our border today? They don't have any idea. They don't care. No lectures to Biden, no lectures to the Democrats, to our bureaucracy. Nothing. How many women were raped on our border today? How many children were taken into sex slavery today on our border? Just today. We have no idea. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. America it be I I not me I Mark Levin you be you it's a pleasure to be here with you what do we have five shows next week Mr. Producer and three more after today eight shows left this year is that it this is it this week what am I thinking? Oh, my Lord. So wait a minute. So after tonight, we have three shows left? Holy mackerel. I don't even know what that means, but I love it. Holy mackerel. Well, then. You know what else it means? Life, Liberty, and Levin. On Saturday and Sunday, those will be the last new shows until next year. Look at this from Breitbart. John Hayward. Iran rejects two-state solution, demands end of Israel. This is the disconnect. This is the insanity, the imbecilic, 
agenda of the Biden administration and the Obama underlings that serve him. Talk about a two-state solution, Iran and, and Hamas before Iran. They're talking about caliphates. They're already rejecting it. So Israel would surrender its indigenous ancestral lands to entities that hate them and want to destroy them and are going to say that's not enough. But don't worry, Joe Biden will protect them. Joe Biden will be dead and gone a long time. Let me continue, shall I? I think I shall. Zelensky obviously was in Washington today. And Ukraine is desperate. They don't have an industrial base that builds military armaments and equipment, jets and so forth, because they were conquered long ago by Stalin, who took everything out of Ukraine and brought it into Russia. Ukraine has been largely an agricultural part of Europe, with some industrial centers, but nothing compared to the rest of the industrial nations in Europe. And they signed a deal in 1994 that I've talked about, first broke it behind this microphone, where they surrendered every nuclear weapon they had to Russia in exchange for a security promise from the United States, Britain, and Russia. That all three nations would help Ukraine protect its sovereignty and its borders. You have people on TV, and sadly, you actually have people on TV who claim to be conservatives, constitutionalists, who don't care. It's perverse. It's bizarre. It's happened before in our country. Many of them are isolationists, but don't dare call them isolationists. Many of them are pro-Putin, but don't dare call them pro-Putin. Well, what do we call them? Hey, look, Mark, we've poured enough money into that country. And here's the problem. Joe Biden. You are quite right. We have poured tens of billions of dollars into that country, Ukraine. And just like Biden and Blinken are trying to tie the hands of Israel, just like Biden and Blinken are trying to tell them, don't have a crushing victory. You need pauses. You need to feed the enemy. You need to fuel the enemy. The civilians are complaining that the terrorists, the Hamas terrorists, are taking it from them. So what? So this money goes into Ukraine with conditions. You're not to go on offense. Inside Russia. You're not to attack Russian soldiers across the border. You're not to attack Russian supply lines across the border. You're not to attack Russian towns and cities across the border. You're not to take out Putin. You're not to hit Moscow. Only Kiev can get hit. So they place all these conditions and they tie those conditions to the provision of armaments. It's not that Ukraine receives 10 billion, 30 billion, 40 billion. There's basically a credit line that they have at the Pentagon and that money is spent 
for our American industries, our military industries, to make the weaponry for Ukraine. That is, they take them out of our inventory and they replace them with the money. It's an accounting move. So it's still money. Don't get me wrong. We're still spending it. Some of it winds up in Ukraine. But Ukraine has to spend it here. It's the only way they can get tanks, missiles, defense systems. Not going to get them anywhere else. Basically spending our money here. Okay. But Joe Biden has constantly told them how to fight their war. I've been complaining about this from day one. General Keene has been complaining about this from day one. Others who know what they're talking about, who are conservatives, who are with us, you and me, they've been saying the same thing. We pour this money into Ukraine. Why isn't it having a bigger effect? It's because of Biden and his limitations and his directions and his interruptions. And this guy thinks he's the the commanding general of the world, of all of our allies. He's trying to do exactly the same thing with Israel. He's had some success, but Israel has pushed back much harder than Zelensky can, quite frankly. So Zelensky never had the full support of Biden. Oh, sure, today they had a press conference. Oh, sure, the Democrats are insisting that more money go into Ukraine. But the rest of the story is not being told to you. And you see it being played out with Israel. And the enemy there, the terrorists, don't win. Don't hurt civilians. No matter how many of your civilians might get hurt if you don't destroy Hamas. Biden is actually preventing, and this will be very complex and complicated for the left and the Democrats. Mark Levin says, oh, you're damn right. He gives them money and then he ties one arm behind their back while the Russians can do whatever the hell they want to the Ukrainian people, to the Ukrainian children as they kidnap them and bring them over the border, as they target their cities and their towns, as they rape and brutalize their women and their men, castrating them. Where are all those stories? They just disappeared from the media. I guess they got bored. I guess they're bored now. Biden has handicapped the Ukrainians. He's kneecapped them. And so he pours money into that country and then tells them what they can and cannot do with it. And what armaments he will make available to them when they use that money to try and purchase armaments. No, 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 no jets. He eventually agreed to some jets. No, 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 not heavy artillery that can reach Moscow, he eventually agreed to, but it's always two, three, four months late. And so you literally have an army in Ukraine that's much smaller than the Russian army, has a much smaller population than Russia, that month to month doesn't know what it can or cannot do. Because of the decisions being made by the Secretary of State, and the President of the United States in the Oval Office. They're there making decisions for all our allies that are under attack. I have to believe the Israelis see this, Netanyahu and the others, of what Biden has done to Zelensky in Ukraine. That he has provided them with resources to purchase armaments, but only the armaments that he wants to sell them. 
And they can only fight the war the way that Biden wants them. I'm not talking about the United States as a whole. I'm talking about Biden. Biden. Biden doesn't care if they slug it out forever. That's how much he cares about Ukrainian citizens. He doesn't care if they slug it out for 20 years when he's long gone. He does not want Ukraine to have a victory. Period. He doesn't care if the Israelis slug it out forever. He wants to remove Netanyahu and the Orthodox Jews that are in his administration because in the end, Biden's a bigot too, just like Obama. He wouldn't even allow the hostage families, American Israelis, with hostages taken by Hamas to go to the Hanukkah party last night. Why? Why? Oh, because he's allowed all the leftists, all the phonies, the frauds, the self-haters, they all came. But not the families of the hostages. No. So you're looking at what Biden has done to Ukraine. He gets credit for providing money and armaments. But you've got to look further because you're smart. You're not Jake Tapper. You're not Kobe Hall or Dan Abrams. You're not the racist, bigot, anti-Semite who runs Media Matters. Forget the jackass's name, but all the good on that. And so Ukraine has not gotten what it needs in time to defeat Russia. Now, by defeating Russia, I don't mean going into Russia and defeating Russia, going all the way to Moscow, neither do they. They mean pushing them out of their country and and defending their country. And it's so crucially important because Putin has made clear, I've read what he said, most people in TV and radio have not, that Ukraine is a is a land, a territory on the way to Poland. That's why the Poles are giving the Ukrainians every damn thing they have. That's why the Balkan states, these little countries, three of them, are giving everything they have. They don't have a lot to the Ukrainians. These are not countries built on a war machine like Putin's Russia. This is why Romania is giving Ukraine everything they have. They're right on the border with Ukraine. Ukraine falls, NATO gets involved. That's how important this is. Then, of course, the domino effect with Communist China now threatening the Philippines. Threatening the Philippines. Oh, those islands there? Yeah, they're ours. Japan, those islands there? Yeah, they're ours. Vietnam, you're a good friend. You know that the water's off your shores? Yes, they're ours. They've already claimed this. The South China Sea, yes, it's ours. The East China Sea, yes, that's ours too. What are you going to do about it? Well, they're watching. And what they're seeing is Joe Biden doesn't believe in victory. He doesn't believe the Ukrainians should have a victory. He doesn't believe the Israelis should have a victory. The Israelis should negotiate with terrorists who slaughtered their people. If those terrorists were south of our border and slaughtered our people the way they treated the Israelis, the women and the children, there'd be no room for a pause for fuel and food or anything else. As I said earlier in the show, Biden is demanding that Netanyahu 
provide their enemy with fuel and food and medicine. Abraham Lincoln and Ulysses S. Grant. Not just in Vicksburg, but other words, refused to provide food and clean water and medicine of any kind to fellow Americans who they were trying to defeat in order to defeat slavery. But you see, the left in America, the media in America, defeating slavery was a be-all and end-all. And it was, and it should have been. But the Israeli Jews defending themselves from terrorists who want worse than slavery, who want the torture, rape, and elimination of the Jews, that's different. Why is that different? Isn't that a moral imperative? You would think. Iran rejects two-state solution, demands the end of Israel. Hamas rejects two-state solution, demands the end of Israel. Iranian foreign minister, Hussein Yabadabadu, he says they want a caliphate. Hamas says they want a caliphate. They've said it before. Why am I the, the only one who listens to these, these Nazi bastards? No, no, we need a two-state solution for peace. Where has there ever been peace with a two-state solution? Show me one place. Korea? That's not peace. The North has nuclear weapons aimed at the South. And the South surrendered all their nuclear weapons. Another brilliant American administration decision. South Korea has no nukes. North Korea is building nukes. And by the time this administration leaves office which isn't fast enough for me, Iran's going to have nukes. Won't that be great for the next president to have to deal with? You can't undo it. You can't unravel the knowledge. Once they have the knowledge and the know-how, it's done. But Joe Biden's worried about the civilians. Has he ever worried about the civilians in Ukraine? We've already talked about the southern border. Does he ever, ever talk about American civilians on the southern border? Never! Does he ever talk about American civilians in our inner cities who are being slaughtered? Never! What about the American hostages that the Taliban are holding? They never talk about that either. And now we have a report. There's a special group within Israel with top-notch doctors and experts and so forth who believe most of the remaining hostages have been murdered. Unfortunately, I predicted this and warned you about this. It's a terrorist organization. They committed heinous acts. Heinous, humiliating sexual acts against the women and the girls. And by the way, apparently against the men too. Would Joe Biden tolerate that if that happened in Texas? He might. From Mexico? He might. He might. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Pure Talk has you covered for the holidays with a free Moto G5G phone. No gimmicks, no trade-in necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones are almost gone. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. This is what I was talking about from the uh, Jerusalem Post. Health Ministry Panel declares Israeli hostages in Gaza deceased. Aiding families in legal limbo. Now, imagine being one of these families. My wife met many of these families. I did my mother-in-law, as did my rabbi. And I had a dinner for them in a place to relax after they came to Washington. The deaths of several Israeli captives have been declared in abstentia without any physical evidence. A three-member health ministry medical panel, which has been operating confidentially until now, ruled yesterday that several Israeli hostages are deceased for lack of physical evidence. Women married to a hostage can now be declared widows by the IDF chief rabbi. The panel is comprised of these experts. And they said they've studied the videos and other information from October 7 massacre and kidnapping by Hamas terrorists in southern Israel. And they said we can tell that most of them have been killed. Pure Talk has you covered for the holidays with a free Moto G5G phone. No gimmicks, no trade-in necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones are almost gone. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. You're listening to Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now, 877-381-3811. All right. Some very clever people, fightbackfilm.org, used uh, AI. I don't pretend to understand AI or how it works, but at least Stefanik's uh, historic questioning of the three pro-Hamas, if you would, presidents of our 
some of our top universities. And by the way, of course, Stefanik is under attack. Saturday Night Live, you are loathsome bastards. You are a gaggle of anti-Semites. You really are disgusting, considering what took place in Israel. You think this is funny? Well, Mark, some of the cast are... I don't care who the hell they are. People aren't immune from criticism or exposure. It's disgusting. I don't even watch it. Anymore. I haven't watched it in years, probably 15 years. It's not funny anymore. I don't need their political crap. It's like the, the frauds on late night television. These guys aren't funny. They're actually quite stupid. And very unattractive, may I say, even as a man. May I say that, Mr. Producer? You've got the guy with the funny ear. What the hell's his name? Cobert, with the ear flapping out there like he's Dr. Spock. Or Mr. Spock, I should say. Then you got the fat slob. What's the guy that used to work with uh, Howard Stern? You know who I mean, though. His head is bigger than... uh, well, it's twice the size of a normal head. Then you've got that guy, Kimmel, Kimmel, that's right. Then you got the other guy with the talking impediment. All right, never mind. Anyway, let me circle back. Elise Stefanik. Oh, what she did was very political. Oh, what she did was set these people. No, she didn't. Easy responses. Of course I reject anti-Semitism. Of course I think it violates our policies. Of course I am encouraging law enforcement to find out what organizations are operating on our campus. Wow, that was hard. But what if it wasn't a Jewish group or it wasn't about Jews? What if it was about other minorities? And fightbackfilm.org said, you know what? What about it? And so they take the questioning by Elise Stefanik and they substitute other minorities. And the responses from these presidents, one former president. Then you can see how disgusting and obnoxious this whole damn thing is with these Democrats and their institutions. So take a listen, Mr. Producer, go. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of black and brown people violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of LGBTQ people, does that constitute bullying or harassment? It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Muslim people is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. Fantastic. I can assure you at CNN, Jake Tapper, Wolf Blitzer, and the other reprobates, and MSNBC, a conga line of freaks, frauds, and phonies, at the New York Slimes, one creepola after another, the Washington Compost, one reprobate after another, I can assure you, If those were Arab or Muslim students running and locking themselves in lunchrooms and libraries and attics, being surrounded, I can assure you the response would be different by Biden, by the Democrats and their media. 
I can assure you, if this were American blacks, the civil rights leaders, the Congressional Black Caucus, the squad, Hakeem Jeffries, Schumer, CNN, MSNBC, the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, there'd be riots in the streets. I can assure you. Go down the list, except for Asians. Asians are the the minority du jour to be discriminated against by the Poison Ivy League schools, by the media, by all the other Democrat Party Marxists and Islamists. Jews and Asians apparently get it. Oh, and by the way, evangelical Christians. And Orthodox Jews, you hear what they say. Can't have a government with all these right-wing extremists, you know, like Orthodox Jews in Israel. The Jewish homeland, we can't have them elected, freely elected, in a coalition government in Israel. Now! We need the left-wing slobs. They used to run the place. That's right. So they'll give up their country. That's all. Israel listens to Biden. Israel will cease to exist. In our own country, we're having to fight Biden and his own policies to prevent the destruction of America. All right, I want to move on to a related subject in some ways. The billionaires, their front groups, the Republican ruling class establishment like Sununu, who got his job because of his daddy, his name, and all the rest of them. Paul Ryan, who was chased out of Congress as a failed speaker. Peggy Noonan, who was a Chris Christie supporter, who was pedantic in the way that she writes, as far as I'm concerned. He used to work for Dan Rather before she suddenly worked with Nancy Reagan and Ronald Reagan. I don't know how that happened, but there you have it. They're all behind, you know, Haley, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley has had five positions on every major issue, but in the beginning, she embraced communist China and gave them land in South Carolina. She opposed offshore drilling. She took the side of Disney against DeSantis in the Florida legislature, and Disney was going full woke, and you can see they're going broke as a result now. She was on the wrong side of that. She refused to sign a very rational bill that basically said men's rooms are for men, women's rooms are for women. DeSantis signed a bill like that. Clearly Trump would support that, not Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley originally was open to the importation of Palestinians from the Gaza Strip. And how would they be assimilated in a country that doesn't even believe in its own culture anymore? Ours. Aren't there enough people coming into this country? I'm just telling you her mindset. Former Secretary of State Pompeo had few good words to say about her. She's not a team player. She goes around the back of people. <coughs> She's on tape saying, if Donald Trump run, runs, I won't run. So what is it exactly that she offers? 
Mr. Sununu, Mr. Koch, Mr. Griffin, Mr. Langone. What exactly does she offer? Well, I spoke to her, and she's the real deal. What do you mean, the real deal of what? Here's the problem, America. She's not a conservative. She doesn't support the conservative Reagan base in this country. She rejects the strides that Donald Trump made, even though she was more than happy to serve in his administration when she thought it would increase her profile. Let's be honest. She would represent another Bush term or a Gerald Ford couple of years or something like that. We are facing a vile, powerful, cultural, economic, political enemy in this country, not an adversary. They don't play by the rules. They put people in prison who they don't like. They're trying to destroy our voting system to ensure that only Democrats can win. The border's wide open. They've destroyed our public schools. They've destroyed our colleges and universities. They're destroying our economy and the middle class. Nikki Haley is incapable of standing up to this. She's campaigning like a ruling class rhino. She's reaching out to exactly all the wrong people. The governor of New Hampshire. Wow. Rhino. And what's with the part down by your ear? Look, you've gone bald. Look at me. I'm proud. I'm bald. So be it. Live with it or don't. But what's with these guys like his daddy? They, they, they comb the part from like the top of their sideburn on their left or right ear. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? And so you're trying to listen to what the guy says, even though he's a mumbler and talks very quickly, like Chris Matthews. But you can't take your focus off the part on his head. It's like that picture of Christie. Did you see that picture of Christie in shorts out in the public, Mr. Producer? Did you say, I mean, how do you not look at that and kind of cringe? I'm just being honest. Just being honest. You know, I founded FU or Fatties United. I'm not pretending that I'm above it. But it really is remarkable. Nikki Haley's going to save us from whom? Oh, she's 17 points ahead of Biden. It's because the Democrats are not focusing on Nikki Haley. They're trying to get her nominated. Once they focus on Nikki Haley, they'll turn her into whatever they want to turn her into. Why is it the Democrat Party billionaires are getting behind Nikki Haley? What do they know? Well, they know what you and I know. They'll cut her to shreds. She's got a lousy record. She's got... Multiple positions on the same issue, but they're comfortable with her, the Republicans, the rhinos, the ruling class. They can get along with her. Who do you think McConnell would like? Nikki Haley. Who do you think Cornyn would like? Nikki Haley. Who do you think Paul Ryan likes? We know. He said Nikki Haley. How about Carl Rove? Nikki Haley. And I told you before, it's just a matter of time. Maybe it's before, but maybe after New Hampshire, where, where the Hindenburg, the human Hindenburg, throws behind Nikki Haley, too. They don't want a conservative, whether it's Donald Trump or whether it's Ron DeSantis. They don't want them. Nikki will do just fine. You know what she'll do? She'll be a placeholder. 
She won't fix the Department of Justice. She won't fix the Judiciary Act. She won't fix the border. She's very attuned to what the media have to say about her. And the billionaires. And the billionaires in America, what they have to say about her. She's not coming from Main Street, USA. She's not going to... That's my understanding. I read the other day, I think it was yesterday, that she's likely to duck a debate with DeSantis in Iowa. Well, of course she is. She's got the Coke machine. C-O, excuse me, K-O-C-H, or whatever. And that group of his, what's that called again? Americans for uh, Prosperity. Oh, for Prosperity. Coke, who's thrown in with Soros on foreign policy. Oh, the Quincy Institute, like John Quincy Adams. Idiots don't even know what John Quincy Adams stood for. So Coke's thrown in with Soros for that. And if you notice, it's always our guys peeling off. The Democrats are fighting. They'd rather not have Biden, but they're going to stand behind Biden the way Gruesome Newsom did in his $70 billion debt. They will stand behind Biden. Hillary standing behind Biden. Better than Biden standing behind her and smelling her hair. But you get my point. In the end, they live or die together. Even before the end, we've got the fifth column in America, in our, in our party. The fifth column. Who didn't want Goldwater? And so many of them voted for Lyndon Johnson. Well, that was a good one. The fifth column. Who didn't want Reagan? And he finally broke through on the third chance. And that would include the Bushies who fought him. The fifth column that didn't want Trump. But they're all behind Nikki Haley. Let's be honest, America, and I don't mean this in a negative way, just to be honest. George H.W. Bush's presidency was a complete failure. It's the bottom ten. And now this one will hurt. George H.W. Bush's presidency, a complete failure. What did they do to advance liberty in our country? To secure the border in our country? To build up our institutions in our country? Nothing. We have a Marxist revolution going on in this country, an American Marxist revolution, in every corner of the culture. And they turn to Nikki Haley? No, I don't think so. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk has you covered for the holidays with a free Moto G5G phone. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones are almost gone. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Man, oh, Manischewitz. 
I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 I think near the end of the show, we'll actually take couple of calls, Mr. Call Screener. Over at the Daily Caller, a guy by the name of Will Pierce writes a piece for the Daily Caller. The headline is, I advise Bernie, meaning Bernie Sanders, and raise funds for Biden. Now I'm joining the Republican Party. See, these are the anti-Rommies. These are the anti-Roves. These are the anti Republican establishment types that that detest what's happened to their own party. But they want to be part of a liberty movement, of a constitution movement, of a borders movement, which you won't get with the GOP rhino ruling class. But let me read his piece. I've been a loyal Democrat for as long as I can remember. I spearheaded Joe Biden's exploratory effort in 2015. Served as a senior advisor to Senator Bernie Sanders during the 2016 and 2020 elections. And even played a role as a fundraiser for Biden during the 2020 general election. But despite my active involvement in the Democratic Party, the concerns I hold regarding the party's direction in recent years can no longer be ignored. I wonder if this guy will get on any of the Sunday shows, other than Fox, of course, ABC, NBC, CBS, I wonder if Fake Tapper will have him on, or George Stuff Your Face will have him on, or any of the reprobates. He says, I love our country. That's why I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. A party that is focused on dividing us by radicalizing every issue and undermining our rights enshrined in the Constitution. Almost sounds like he read The Democrat Party Hates America, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? I just wish more people would would acquire it and hand it out to friends and neighbors, even Democrats. The main reason I'm leaving the Democratic Party is its utter disconnect with the American people. The party that once championed the working class has now been overtaken by elites and affluent hubs who, who couldn't care less about the struggles of the average American. 
That's why you see all these billionaires. Either they either support Biden or they're moving towards Haley. Same thing. This shift has left many Americans, including myself, unheard and feeling like an afterthought of the Democratic Party. He goes on. The party's shortcomings in education have played a significant role in my departure. They have declared war on concerned parents like myself. That would be like me, by the way, but that's all right. Labeling them domestic terrorists for expressing their opposition to radical curricula that disseminates sexual content to young children. The party's emphasis on quote-unquote progressive ideology in schools at the expense of parental involvement in a robust STEM education raises legitimate concerns about the future preparedness of our children. It's time to shift our focus back to the fundamentals that ensure our children's success, thereby building a foundation for a more prosperous society. You know, this will be hard for Democrats and their surrogates to understand or comprehend. But if you vote Democrat, you're actually voting to undermine your children. You're voting for these teachers' unions. You're voting for the curricula. You're voting for the filthy books. You're voting for it all. That's right. I said it. And I meant it. Also, the Democrat Party's shift toward identity politics has steered us away from the timeless belief of judging individuals by their character and not by the color of their skin or similar characteristics. The weaponization of race and gender identity for partisan political purposes does a significant disservice to Dr. Martin Luther King's legacy and is a detriment to all of us. I gotta believe he read my book. I seriously, don't you think, Rich? Politics, to me, is about addition, not division. It is meant to unite us as a nation where we can put aside our differences on some issues to come together as one cohesive unit. But the Democrats' tendency to label dissenters as extreme, shutting down meaningful discourse, has veered away from the principles I believe are essential for a thriving democracy. In my years as part of the Democratic Party, I witnessed a hesitancy, and it points clear willingness to address critical issues for fear of alienating segments of our party. In looking at the Democratic Party vision for an ideal world, a very concerning reality emerges. They imagine a country where dissent from the powers that be results in punishment. Their term, or the term equity, has lost its true meaning as the party struggles to understand its use in a diverse nation. What was once a noble pursuit of justice and fairness has been corrupted within democratic circles, diluting its significance to the point where it has lost any meaning. The party's attempts to champion equity now seem to prioritize ideological conformity over the genuine pursuit of justice, leaving a void in the very principles that should guide our efforts toward a more inclusive and just society. It's that guy that recently supported Biden and Bernie Sanders. So how did the switch go off, Mr. Producer? As I've grown older, older, he writes, my priorities have shifted toward ensuring that my tax dollars contribute to the welfare of our children, support for the less fortunate, and a secure national defense. Unfortunately, the Democrat Party's current focus involves burdensome taxation, prioritizing foreign aid over domestic needs, and accumulating debt that compromises our nation's security. Something awakened this gentleman. I think I know what it is. I don't know. I think I know. The Democratic Party's leadership also raises concerns 
President Biden struggles while doing the job day to day, coupled with controversies surrounding his family, brought forward serious issues that weren't our careful consideration. The heavy handed influence of the Clinton dynasty within the Democratic Party further adds to the narrative of a party entangled in controversies and detached from the concerns of everyday Americans. Yes, indeed. It says Democratic policies paint a bleak picture of our country where a significant portion of people's hard-earned wages are funneled into an ever-expanding government, leaving individuals working tirelessly to make ends meet. Take, for instance, San Francisco and Chicago, where tax dollars are diverted from aiding the most vulnerable to instead masking their struggles from public view. In this unsettling scenario, he writes, the elites indulge in the luxury of private jets and utilize taxpayer funds for personal gain. They're far more concerned with consolidating power than with genuinely addressing the needs and concerns of the American people. This difference between stated vows and actual behavior undermines the trust that citizens should be able to place in their government. He says, as I reflect on these issues, I am compelled to seek a political home that aligns with a commitment to judging individuals by their character, fostering accountability and advancing the well-being of all Americans. By joining the Republican Party, and I would encourage you, sir, to join the conservative movement. You sound like a, a Jeffersonian, not just a repubic. I'm not abandoning my vows, he says. Instead, I'm seeking a political home that aligns more closely with my vision for a free, unified, and prosperous America, similar to what Reagan said. The Republican Party, with its emphasis on individual freedoms, fiscal responsibility, and a commitment to addressing the concerns of all Americans offers a new path forward, one that I'm eager to, eager to explore as I re-enter the political arena. Will Pierce served as executive director of Drass Biden 2016, worked for Sanders 2016 and 2020 campaigns, and he raised money for Biden in 2020. And I believe he was on Fox earlier today. Cut 18, Mr. Producer, go. So what was the final straw for you? I think over the years, Todd, the party has changed from its ideals. Um, I personally view politics as a game of addition. You have to get to 50% plus one and unite people all the way around. If you look at the Democratic Party right now, they'd rather put people in boxes and label them rather than unite them. Do Democrats just not care about the voters that they say they care about? I think it's changed over years. Just if you just look at recent races, like look down in Houston where Sheila Jackson Lee, for example, this is pretty much a lead of four years in a Democratic Party. And her votes were just abysmal, around 30 percent. And it's just people in the Democratic Party, they just do not understand about the needs of all. If you look at today, for example, with Zelensky going up to um, the Capitol, the Democrats care more about what's happening in Kiev and what's going on on the southern border. They care about more about but, um, just ideological stuff, such as who you are as a, um, it's more about basically just like um, what you are, your gender, your race, your, et cetera, than who you are as a person. Guy doesn't sound like a dummy, although it took him a long time to get here, but we'll take whatever we can get. We need more people like him because he's going to come under vile, vicious attack. Vile, vicious attack, and he will not have a platform to say what he wants to say on MSLSD or the Communist News Network. It won't happen. Or they'll try and dig something up on him. I would take this guy over Michael Steele every day of the week, wouldn't you, Mr. Producer? He's smarter than Michael Steele, and Michael Steele, after all, is and always has been a buffoon. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin'. 
Well, we have my friend Alan Dershowitz with us. He's written a fantastic book, War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. I don't know how Alan does this. I don't even know how you got this to the printing presses so fast, Alan. But it is a very, very crucial book now. We're linking to it on all our social sites. We're linking to Amazon, War Against the Jews. What is in this book that's different or cutting edge or knew that you felt it was absolutely crucial to get it out here and get it out here now? Because it's not about October 7th. It's about October 6th and October 8th. It's about October 6th, the day before the horrible, horrible massacre of Jews and how Israel allowed it to happen, what happened with security failures and intelligence failures. And then most importantly, it's about October 8th, how liberals and radicals and leftists before Israel even fired a shot, even sent a single soldier into Gaza, blamed the attack on Israel, said it was a legitimate military attack, defended and justified rapes, how it showed the deep underlying anti-Semitism of the hard left and anti-Americanism and anti-Judeo-Christian values of the hard left. It's enough to stick at anybody you know, I used to identify with the kind of leftish side of liberalism. I was always more of a libertarian. But boy, I hate the hard left now. I think they are the enemies of America, the enemies of the Jewish people, the enemies of decency. And the book documents it. You know, it, it, it gives a, a brief history of how, how we got to where we are with Gaza and how Israel has tried to make peace at every point in time, from 1948 to 1967, 1990, 2000, 2001, 2005, 2007, and how the Palestinians don't know how to take yes for an answer, how they've said no, and every time Israel tries to get a peace, a ceasefire. Like on October 6th, there was a ceasefire. And look what happened as a result of a ceasefire. 1,200 innocent people murdered, raped, beheaded, uh, so the book has a lot of new information. Uh, also, I had dinner with Bibi Netanyahu eight days before this happened. I had a Friday night Shabbos dinner with him when he was in New York at the General Assembly, a three-hour dinner. And he was so happy and so content. We had figured out a way of perhaps resolving the dispute over the judicial reform. And I had come up with a proposal that he seemed to have accepted and the left seemed to have accepted. And we were so encouraged and so optimistic. And then on the following Saturday, eight days later, the world changed. It'll never be the same again. Alan Dershowitz, I keep hearing uh, that after this is over, the Israelis have to figure out how to negotiate a peace, how to divide up their country. I mean, is this really the time for that? No, this is the time to win a decisive military victory. This is the time for Churchill. This is the time for Roosevelt. This is the time for total victory, unconditional surrender. You know, the Secretary of Defense of the United States made a terrible mistake the other day. He said, if you're too hard on the people of Gaza, it will drive them into the hands of Hamas. Nonsense. They're already in the hands of Hamas. Mm -hmm. Look what happened when the United States bombed Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Berlin, uh, Dresden, it drove the Germans and the Japanese into the hands of America. They said, we know who the stronger party is now. We know where our bread is butter. We know who will help rebuild us. And they became America's strongest supporters after total victory. Yes, hundreds of thousands of innocent civilians were killed. That's the nature of war. But you don't give up. You don't, if I'm Israel, 
I don't risk a single Israeli soldier to save a single Gazan civilian. First of all, 90% of them are not civilians. They work with Hamas. They allow their houses to be used for tunnels. They allow their houses to be used for um, uh, for uh, hiding rockets. I'm not talking about the children, obviously. By the way, they define child as anyone over under 19. So, mm-hmm. you know, an 18-year-old with an RPG who's about to blow up an Israeli tank, he's a child, and he'll be mm-hmm. with him as a child. Or a woman who has, is a suicide bomber, if she's caught, she'll be listed as a woman. Oh, a woman. Oh, my God. A woman. Israel killed a woman. Israel should mm-hmm. kill as many women terrorists as they can. hundred percent. I mean, you look at every major war. You look at World War II. You look at our civil war. I have to be honest with you. The goal was victory. Yeah. I don't remember the media sitting around making accounting, and I don't, certainly don't remember. You know, here's the other thing that's so damn offensive. There's not another army on the face of the earth that fights wars the way Israel fights wars. They fought wars in the past. They've won the wars. They back off. They want peace with their neighbors, and they're attacked again, and then they're attacked again. And what is this idea that these terrorists want two states? Iran just said they want a caliphate. They don't want two states. Hamas just said, we don't want two states, we want a caliphate. So if they get another state carved out of Israel, I mean, we do need to change our thinking on this, Alan. If we get another state charged out of Israel, that's not going to stop them because the ideology is the same. They're Islamists. Look, the first job is to win the war, show who's strong, have America support. I'm, I'm shocked today that Canada eliminated its support. Canada voted at the UN today. Really? It's, a it's not a ceasefire. It's a surrender. Mm-hmm. When Canada votes for a ceasefire, it's voting for Hamas. It's voting for a Hamas victory. And uh, it's shocking that it would, would have done that. But the United States hopefully will stand strong. You know, the, Biden has said some things that I've been very critical of. Um, you know, he talks about how the government of Israel should change governments. Hey, that's not your business, Mr. Exactly. President. Israel's a democracy. It's going to decide. Who should be the next prime minister? It's very likely not going to be Netanyahu because he's mm-hmm. going to be held responsible probably for the intelligence failure and the operational failure unless he achieves a major victory here and can redeem himself. But mm-hmm. democracies are fickle. Look what happened after the Second World War. Winston Churchill, one of the greatest heroes yeah. of, the, of the civilized West, wins the Second World War in the next election. He gets booted out of office. They throw him out. an idiot named Anthony Eden. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100 percent. But there are there are forces even now. The New York Times, it's every other day they have some scathing attack on Netanyahu. The media with Israel, the same thing. And I say on this microphone to all of our audience here, look at how this guy's the commander in chief. He's trying to win a war here. He's trying to defend his people, the survival of his people. And they and the Chihuahuas keep nipping him on the heels. Do you see that, too? Well, it's worse. Do you see they claim that they hold on? Hold your thought. Hold your thought. We have a hard break. I mistimed that question, but we'll get the answer right after the break. We'll be back. The book is War Against the Jews. Great book by Alan Dershowitz. Hot off the presses. Get it at Amazon.com. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now. 877-381-3811. We're here with Alan Dershowitz, his great new book, War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. Alan Dershowitz, I did take a hard break. You were saying, when I interrupted you, go ahead. 
What I was saying is, you know, Bibi can't get it right, according to his uh, left-wing critics. They're criticizing him today because he doesn't give enough humanitarian aid to Gaza. But now they're also criticizing him for having given too much humanitarian aid to Gaza, saying that a lot of that humanitarian aid was used to arm Hamas and help them commit the atrocities of October 7th. Of course, that's right. And, you know, uh, the government of Israel wanted to get food and medicine to the right people, but Hamas has stolen it. And Hamas uses human shields. And every one of the innocent children who has been killed in Gaza is the fault of Hamas. Let me give you an example. Let's assume I rob a bank and uh, police start shooting at me and I grab you as a hostage and the police and I'm shooting and killing people behind you. You're in front of me and, and the police try to kill me. And by accident, they shoot you. Who's guilty of the murder? Under no system of law is the policeman guilty of murder. Israel is the policeman. I'm guilty of the murder. I'm holding the hostage. That's why Hamas is guilty of the murder. And the one question I would have every American ask is what would you want your country to do? What would you want America to do if what happened to Israel on October 7th happened to America? We know what the heartland of America would want. We would want the enemy defeated totally, completely, absolute surrender, no questions asked. Do whatever you can to avoid civilian casualties, but don't sacrifice a single American for a civilian of the enemy who's being used as a human shield. Alan Dershowitz, uh, you're one of the great litigators in this country and have been for decades, but you're also a man of academia, specifically yeah. Harvard. I believe you were the first full professor to Harvard when you were in your 20s. You That's spent right. almost half a century there. Did you yeah. see all this anti-Semitism? And what do you make of this president of Harvard? Oh, well, she's awful. She is going to single-handedly destroy not only Harvard, but much of American academia. And it's not so much what she said about October 7th, which is awful. She didn't say anything about it. She wouldn't criticize people, even before Israel sent a single troop into Gaza. It's what she did before that. She was Miss Safety, you know, safe spaces. Uh, she wanted to make sure that no ideas, no speech should be made at Harvard that would offend any black students, gay students, transgender students, protected minorities under the diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, bureaucracy. And so she invented, she discovered the First Amendment only after radical left bigots started to call for the death of Israel. Then she said, oh, my God, I can't do anything about that. This is the First Amendment. But when students use the misgendered word or did something that offends a particular black person or gay person, she was the first person to say, fire him. Under her jurisdiction, lectures were canceled because Electra said there were really only two sexes and, um, and there's not a third sex. Uh, she rescinded applications for admission because a 15-year-old in a chat room said something that might be deemed offensive to blacks. And then ultimately Harvard fired its president, Larry Summers, for having raised the question about whether maybe gender has something to do with mathematical and, 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 and skills in physics, uh, something my wife believes. She's a Ph.D. in neuropsychology. But for saying that, he got fired. But when she's asked the question, what if people want to co commit genocide against the Jews? Well, that depends on context. Uh, she's a hypocrite. Uh, she testified under oath that Harvard has uh, supported free speech. 
during her tenure, when it has it, it only supports free speech when free speech is directed against Jews. And that's just bigotry. And Harvard ought to be ashamed of itself. And the Harvard Corporation ought to be ashamed of itself. Penn did the right thing. Harvard did the wrong thing. You know, our friend Nathan Lewin wrote a great piece on the First Amendment. He went through the Supreme Court decisions and all, and he said, these presidents of these universities don't even understand the First Amendment or what the court has said about the First Amendment. It's like they didn't even prepare for their testimony. What do you make of that? It was very bizarre. Well, they lawyered up. They got one law firm, Wilmer Hale, very, uh, you know, very left-wing law firm. I know a lot of people in it. Some of them are quite good. And they horribly prepared them. They prepared them to answer as if they were on a, on a, in a courtroom uh, with a judge instead of in front of, it was the largest viewed congressional hearing in years. And, and it embarrassed Harvard, it embarrassed Penn, it embarrassed, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, MIT. MIT. I wish they had used Nat Lewin. Nat is one of the greatest First Amendment lawyers in American history. And he has argued, we started together, believe it or not, in 1967. The two of us argued a case in the Supreme Court together on obscenity. We were representing a film called I Am Curious Yellow, which you could probably watch on TV today, G-rated. But it was being banned, and we were together. And we won, you know, we won a lot of First Amendment cases together. But Nat knows what he's talking about. These three presidents didn't know what they were talking about, even though one of them, Professor at Penn is a First Amendment scholar. At least she has some credibility because she believes in the First Amendment. I don't think President Gay believes in the First Amendment. She thinks the First Amendment is a barrier to woke, progressive, uh, DEI, um, uh, intersectionality. Remember what they're teaching at Harvard these days, intersectionality, which means Mm -hmm. the world is divided into two groups, the oppressed and the oppressors. Israel, white Americans, they're all the oppressors. Black Americans, gays, they're the oppressed. The oppressed can do no wrong. The oppressors can do no right. That's what you're spending $75,000 sending your child to Harvard to learn if they major in political science. The book is War Against the Jews, fresh off the printing presses. Alan Dershowitz, How to End Hamas Barbarism. When you watch this, and you watch now the Democrats are attacking Elise Stefanik. Have you seen this? Raskin's yeah. attacking her. Says she's not even Jewish. What is she? I go, what the hell? This guy's unbelievable. She didn't well, set up anybody. Student. All they had to do is answer the damn questions. Right. Raskin was a former student of mine, a very good student. I actually defended his father uh, when he was indicted back in the day for, um, I think, violating the draft laws during the Vietnam War. And, you know, Jamie has always been a person of the hard left. He's Jewish, but he calls for a ceasefire, which is unilateral surrender. And Stefanik, who's not Jewish, defends the Jewish people. What else is new? I think we have a problem uh, with the left in this country, regardless of faith, including Jews. And uh, they don't, in my view, they don't see this as a horrendous event as you and i do i mean i i think of crystal knock i think of things like that going on and it's and they're there cease fires and give the and and give this Mm -hmm. to that i i why are we on two different mindsets here it's amazing people don't know history i had a cousin who at 16 years old in the 1940s was taken and raped uh by concentration camp guards uh her name was hannah dershowitz 
a beautiful woman. She was raped. And and then she was murdered to cover up the rape, obviously. And that's, of course, what Hamas has done. Raped women, raped hostages, won't release some of the hostages because there would be evidence of, of rape. And where are the women's groups? Where are the feminist groups? Where is the Me Too movement? What they're basically saying is believe all women, but not Jewish women, uh, not Israeli women. They have to prove it by by mathematical evidence, by photographs, by admissions by, by eyewitness testimony by dead people. Where are the feminists? Why are they not speaking up? Why are they not criticizing Hamas for using rape? And now Hamas has said it's going to kill the hostages. I haven't heard from the left, the National Lawyers Guild uh, and others saying, if you kill a single hostage, we're going to abandon you. No, they're going to support them. Uh, the world is divided now into the civilized and the uncivilized. And Israel is fighting for civilization, not only for its own survival, but for the survival of the Judeo-Christian tradition and American values and core values of decency. And if Hamas wins, we all lose. The book is War Against the Jews. Alan Dershowitz, get it at Amazon.com, any major bookstore. All my platforms will have it. How to End Hamas Barbarism. I got one last question for you. Sure. It's amazing to me, Alan Dershowitz, the support from evangelical Christians, other Gentiles in Congress and so forth, the Speaker of the House, for Israel, 100%, Mm -hmm. no backing off. And then we have people like Bernie Sanders and Raskin and others, and and in the media too, quite frankly, who toe the line, the surrender line, the the equivocation line. What do you make of that? Well, because many evangelical Christians have principles. They have beliefs. Uh, they know the difference between right and wrong. Uh, they are marvelous. Um, I spent a week this year on a boat with uh, Mike Pompeo and Mike Huckabee, uh, two evangelical Christians, the nicest people you'll ever meet in the world. And then you meet, you know, Jews like Norman Finkelstein and Noam Chomsky will do anything to attack uh, Israel, self-hating Jews. And thank God for evangelical Christians. Thank God for conservatives. Thank God for people of principles. Um, It's just great that in America, most Americans understand principle. And I think most Americans do ask that question in their heart of hearts. What would you want America to do if they were faced with what Israel was faced with? We had a little taste of that on 9-11. What we wanted, you know, we wanted to destroy ISIS. We wanted to destroy al-Qaeda. And we did. And nobody should stop Israel from destroying Hamas, because to do so would be hypocritical. Many, many more civilians were killed in Afghanistan and Iraq. Every civilian death is a tragedy, but every civilian death in Gaza is, is the responsibility of Hamas for human, using human shields, for putting their fighters. You know what they do? When Israel marks a zone and says, you can go to this zone now, it's safe, Hamas immediately goes to the zone and fires rockets in order to draw Israeli rockets so that they can show CNN, see, Israel says the zone is safe, and now they're firing rockets into it, because Hamas has sent its rocketeers into those zones in order deliberately to draw Israel fire. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't the media understand that? Why do they just show dead babies without saying who's responsible for the deaths of those babies? If we don't get onto that and destroy this, what Hamas calls the CNN strategy, I call the dead baby strategy, attack Israel, and then hide your, your, your fighters, know that Israel will kill, and then the world will turn against them. 
then it's going to just be again, then again, then again. It's going to be your champagne, your shampoo bottle. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. That's what Hamas has been doing for 20 years now. If you want to break that cycle, you have to destroy Hamas from top to bottom. Totally, total surrender. Israel is now telling some of the troops for Hamas, some of the terrorists, if you surrender, we won't kill you. And they are surrendering, some of them, but some of them won't surrender. Uh, But total surrender, like in Japan and Germany, has to be the goal of Israel and the goal of America. We share a common philosophy, uh, and we should share a common goal in destroying Hamas. Then maybe we can talk about the future of the relationship between Israel and Palestine, not until Hamas is destroyed. There's no discussion until Hamas is over. Amen. The great book is War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. It is right off the presses. It's up to date. Also provides outstanding context. You can get it. Amazon.com, any major bookstore, and of course, we link to Amazon on all my social sites. Alan, appreciate you, buddy. Take care of yourself. I appreciate you. Thank you. You do a great job for America. Thank you, man. God bless you. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Years ago, Joe Biden and John Kerry made a pledge, and Stephen Moore caught it in the New York Post, but nobody else is even talking about it. And they would commit the United States to destroying 60% of our own electricity production, Mr. Producer. So out would go fossil fuels and out would go electricity. American industrial economy as we know it would be destroyed, points out Moore. And the rest of this century and the next century. Is this what you want, America? This what you want as they try and put Donald Trump in prison? As they push Nikki Haley? They view her as a rhino mannequin who can be defeated? Is this what you want? It affects Democrats and Republicans alike, you know. Eliminate 60% of the electricity we produce... Eliminate fossil fuels. What are we left with? And this jackass will be long gone by it all by the time it all hits the fan. Power prices are going to rise. So Biden is sabotaging our energy industry. The Democrat surrogate organizations are suing our oil companies to try and stop them from producing oil. This is suicide. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, the freedom fighters, our truckers, the men and women in Israel. God bless you. And the men and women in Ukraine. God bless you, too. And you in this audience, you're the best of the best. I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 